warning, warning. Potatoes and pasta contain adult language and discussions of sexual content, substance abuse, domestic violence, and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek help. We've included resources in the description. Additionally, we are not psychological professionals and we don't claim to be experts of any kind. We are barely experts in our own experiences. These are simply our thoughts and reflections on ourselves and our family with the purpose to entertain and indulge our own nostalgia. Do you need a cure for everything? Grief, boredom, celebration, really anything. Try food! Not far from the norm, our family is obsessed with food. Granted, not good food, but food nonetheless. Rice, potatoes, pasta bread, butter, cheese, really any blend of starch and heavy dairy items will do. Did you, like us, grow up in an Irish-slash-Eastern-European-descendants family, but felt it was the Italian peninsula more so who spoke to your starch soul? Hashtag team beige. Hello, family. Welcome, you. This is our podcast. Potatoes and Pasta, a discussion about our family. I'm Spud. And I'm Mac. In this podcast, we will explore the experiences, stories, and dynamics of our shared upbringing. And how we've gotten by with heaping helpings of laughter, potatoes, and pasta. A reflection on our starchy family. Episode 1.2, Food. Our topic theme today is food, the ritual, the pageantry, the cult. So... Our family has to eat in order to live. <laughs> it's Most families do. Yeah. I mean, we're not outside the norm from that or special. No. That's for sure. But uh, we have a long line of folks in our family who really enjoy the, the craft of cookery, uh, myself included. Um, we have a, a lot of our food is tied to the people who made it. And, of course, yeah. our love for those food said items is also for them. Mm-hmm. And it very much is a ritual. Yeah, like it's part of gathering for, and I know that's true for a lot of families that like food is what they do when they get to, like eating is what they do when they get together. Yeah. Like it's part of the experience and it's part of people's culture. It literally fits in for almost every situation and yeah. any social situation. Uh, when I taught that cooking class uh, at one of my jobs, the family ones were really mm-hmm. always very, very fun. And, you know, I always ask that question, you know, when do you guys get food out for anything? Obviously, the regular three hots a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, weddings, funerals, the neighbors had a little p- passing the family, let's take a dish to pass kind of thing. You really, we usually use food for everything. And I eat when I'm bored sad, happy, all those emotions. Yeah. It really covers a lot of those things. Yeah, and it's a way of building, again, like we talked about in the last episode, like it's a way of building, it's another connector. Mm -hmm. It's another way of building connection, either in like the preparation of the food is time spent together doing a, like doing a task together um, and then also the consuming of the food and there's something in that right there's mm-hmm. ritual it's that idea of communion mm-hmm. too right like there's sure there's like the spiritual and religious connotations around communion but like the root of that word is the same as the root of the word community mm-hmm. and like we 
it's also a tool in literature that like authors use to to kind of like add layers of symbolism yeah. food and communion yeah. and the the act of coming together breaking bread yes is is so universal to so many people that it's yeah it's just a i mean spending time like days together too mm-hmm. um like when we're on vacation with mom and dad and even like when you've been here because you've been here for over a week now yeah um the majority of conversation pieces is just planning what the next meal's gonna be. The next two meals are gonna be. Yeah. We will be at like up north we'll be at the breakfast table finishing breakfast and mom's you know, so dinner tonight. Yeah. And um the professor and I would definitely tease her about that mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun with it. But then we got like once we got this house and we're growing up, we find ourselves doing that a ton ourselves. Oh my god, it's one of those things that like they didn't tell you about becoming an adult is that you'd spend so much of your time and energy figuring out what the fuck you're gonna eat. It's ridiculous. Let alone what you're in the mood for. Right. And yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's a ritual in the sense of like holidays, but it's also so much a part of our like daily routines. Like I'm I was so glad I get to eat three times a day. Honestly. I live to eat. Yes. And my therapist asked me a reflective question a few weeks ago um, where she she asked me, like, what are your anchors during the day? She was, We were really more talking about work and, frankly, my, like, low job satisfaction right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was trying to get me to, like, pinpoint the things that would make it bearable. Um, but also in the midst of, like, quarantining for the pandemic... Um, I realized that, like, my anchor every day was that Mango and I have lunch at the same time together every day, and that, like, really helped. Like, if I was having a shitty morning, it would help me reset for the afternoon, but if I was having a good morning, it was a time for us to connect and me to, like, Mm -hmm. share that with him. In my old position, um, my really good friend, her and I would have lunch together every day, and I'd bring leftovers, and then she'd bring leftovers from her and her husband. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, I seriously needed that. I'm a hard luncher. Yeah. Need to lunch to break up the monotony of the work day yeah. for sure. And when um like those days that you power through and you don't realize it's three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm Fucking done. Sucks. I'm done. I'm dragging for the rest of the time there. Yeah. And then I of course come home and I eat a crazy amount uh, to make up for lost ground. <laughs> well, it's funny because mango is very much. Like, we, do, we are not a calorie-counting family. Um, like, we both, like, have individual histories with disordered eating, and um, there are family histories of disordered mm-hmm. eating. And so we're really careful about the way we talk about our food intake, and, like, we use language like nutritious versus indulgent instead of mm-hmm. good or bad so that it doesn't have a moral or value. Or guilty. Right, or guilty. Um but it's so funny because if Mango doesn't get, like, a certain number of calories every day, he loses his fucking mo- Like, oh, I get there's no... It's not even... It's not I'm not even talking... Yes, he gets hangry, but I'm not even talking... I'm talking about, like, if he doesn't get his caloric intake, he then has to consume, like, twice the amount of food that he... Nor- like, his body automatically goes into crisis mode and is like, if you don't eat everything in that fucking drawer, you're gonna die. Dramatic. I left 
<laughs> I love telling this story. Uh, we were living in Grand Rapids, and it was like I was working a job at a library, and I was quitting that job to work a summer job before I went to grad school. And it's my last shift at the library. I'm driving home. And it was coincidentally the same day as he turned in, like, his last final for grad school. And I'm driving home, and I'm thinking, man, like, it would be really nice, like, if I, like, if we just, like, had something quick for dinner and then, like, went for ice cream, let me call him. I'll just pick him up out in front of our apartment. So I call him, and I explain that to him. And then he goes, um, yeah, about that. Uh, I didn't eat lunch today, and so when I got home, I ate all three pieces of my leftover pizza, um, what was left of the Chips Ahoy cookies, there were some gummy worms, and I'm pretty sure there was an apple, and, like, he just started listing half the food in the apartment in which he had consumed in the span of the four hours in which I left him alone. Mm -hmm. He's just, it's, he's nuts, bro. Like, he just... <laughs> Like, so now the running joke is, like, I can't leave him alone Rest for <laughs> those long periods of time without also checking in and being like, did you eat lunch? When did you have breakfast? Like, just because he just so, just loses That's it. That's part of, too, like, partnering up with somebody is just, mm -hmm. have you adulted today? Have you taken care of yourself? Whereas, yeah. how did you manage the, that time between out of the house to now? Yeah. It's really silly. But we have a ton of rituals mm -hmm. and things attached. And there's, of course, I'm sure, as other families do, have a ton of recipes that mm -hmm. have to go through and um, have certain many, certain ones throughout the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to dive into these family members and their food? We can. we got to cover their names. But... Uh, True. So we, our, dr our drunkle has second wife. Yeah. Is uh, she's from the south. She's fantastic cook. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, sweet lady. Very hospitable. Um, I've never liked coleslaw. And that one time we got up at um, our aunt's house um, up north. That's a Midwest thing. Specifically a Michigan thing. Up north is. Anywhere uh, north of Bay City or West Branch. And that is a perfectly acceptable place to vacation yes. is up north. Because um, we have the northern peninsula and the lower peninsula. But that doesn't always mean we go to the northern peninsula. Yeah, up north doesn't have to be the upper peninsula. It's no. really the top half. If you're picturing the mitten that is the lower peninsula of Michigan, it's anywhere above your knuckle meat mm. is up north. That's fair. So, Drunkles... Second wife, she made coleslaw, homemade mm -hmm. coleslaw. Uh, she spent like that afternoon shredding ham, shredding cabbage, doing all this stuff, and then made it up. And it was literally the greatest thing I'd ever had in that moment. And it was just so surprising that fresh coleslaw could taste so good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she just made a really mean slaw. And I, there, I think she throws sugar in there, and there's something that she does that makes you just crave it. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I remember it. Yeah. Um, I made homemade slaw not too long ago. I'm like, this is close. Mm. This is the business. Yeah. And um, when I worked at Brick Street, we would make that too, and it was really mm. close. That slaw was amazing. 
soap. Yeah. I have another memory of a, a food that she made. Um, I went down for a, a cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm. And me and another cousin were getting day drunk. And if you're going to drink with any of our family relatives, it's It's her. It's if you're gonna, well, yeah, him too. Um, Uncle Pork, as he's referred to himself. Yeah. Man's, yes. The man's a monster. He, when it comes to, yeah, like when it comes to food and drink, he's extreme. Extreme. A little unhinged, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so I was day drinking with a cousin. Um which I realized, I, I realized at the time it was the first time I'd been drunk in front of our parents, and I was oh, like, that's right, they were there. I was like twenty five. I wasn't. Yeah, you weren't there. I was there with mom and dad. Um, and, um, yeah, I just packed away this particular aunt's. She makes this pimento cheese dip. Like the pimentos out of olives? Yes. So she takes the pimentos and mixes them with these different cheeses and spices. Like cream cheese? Yes. Oh. And Mm. it's like melt. And then you can, I mean, it's one of like a, it's a very versatile dip Mm -hmm. in terms of the vehicle you use (laughs) to put it into your body. You got crackers. You got tortilla chips. It worked with all of it. Like it was, it was like, oh, a little Ritz cracker. Oh, one of the the buttery ones. Let me do. Oh, this is also delicious and different. Oh, is that club? Yeah, yes, club. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. And I was like, oh, let me get these fucking tortilla dippers out. No, no, no. Like I was, I ate like, I'm pretty sure my cousin and I like split like half of the container of <laughs> that right. she had made for a house that like there were like eight people staying there at the time. And we, yeah, no, we put we put the smash on that. So good, but she's really, yeah, I think I think she, you're right that she's like a talented cook overall. And like those things that I really remember are those like, excuse me, like dips, apps, sides. She's got a she's got a niche for those, for sure. The Obscenity, too, of which the amount of food that that side of the family consumes mm-hmm. is epic. Yes. And another delightful tale that comes from that household really was at a wedding, after a wedding. Different um, wedding. Yeah. Different wedding. Different cousin. <laughs> Same side of the family. It's all dad's side. And we had, like, the biggest group of people land in this little shithole diner in indiana uh, called route 66 i think that was the diner's name i remember it that was at least the theme of that diner yeah because something <laughs> that sounds midwest enough and this man was so hung over from yeah. the night before at the the reception and at that point Dad was so frustrated with everybody, he just wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. And this man, though, our drunkle, Uncle Pork, sat down, and he was the last person to order from the waitress. And again, there's like 15 people. Yeah, it was excessive. And I prefer a good hangover breakfast maximum for folks. I don't need anybody else around me with their nonsense. Right. So so family dynamics were to re-ensue, of course. And... This man ordered everything on the menu. Well, he what? For breakfast. Not everything, like, he ever ordered everything off the breakfast menu. Eggs, toast, bacon. Yes. 
uh, sausage, ham. And then that's how he ordered it, though, too. Well, in a way, right, because the waitress would be like, do you want, you know, like you go to a diner and it's like you get to pick from a bevy of options, right? right? So it's like, how do you want your eggs? And he was like, over easy. And she was like, do you want um, toast? Uh, an extra flapjack or a waffle, and or he a biscuit looked, and gravy, or a biscuit and gravy, and he looked her in her face and said, "Yes," meaning all of those. And then it was, "Do you want ham, sausage, or bacon?" And again, it was yes. And then he ended it by saying, "Like, oh, could I also please have a diet coke?" Yeah, he's he's watching his figure. Right. <laughs> and then he ate all of it. He ate all of it in the time that, like, and of course, like everybody had been shitting on me up to that point because I'd ordered a cheeseburger at nine o'clock in the morning, but I don't like heavy breakfast food. Also, if I'm going to be at a diner for me, the thing to get is a fucking burger at that time. So like, yeah, like everybody had given me weird looks and then he ordered and I was in the clear after that. Nobody thought what I had ordered was weird. No, it was just epic. I know. It was just an epic so moment for much. this man and us and his poor heart. Yeah, I worry about him. Mm-hmm. He is fit to burst. Yeah. But it was uh, a very special moment <laughs> for the family. Yes. Um, and that was when he started calling himself Uncle Pork. Yeah. It was after that he started saying that. And, and then it was the, one of the more recent funerals he was at. That little, little professor and him got plastered. Mm-hmm. At the after the funeral, and the man sang a love poem to a bottle of Belvedere vodka, describing his love of vodka. And is that where I get it from? That's like the only liquor I really drank is vodka, and I haven't really like I haven't been able to put my finger as to like onto. He just loves. He goes, God, I just love. I do too, Belvedere. Sam. Belvedere. Oh, my land. Belvedere, my dear. Oh, no. And that's just about <laughs> as much as I remember. Yeah. And it was after that I started referring to him as Drunkle. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick your own nickname. Not in this house. No, not in this family. But, so let's talk about his food. Yeah, Drunkle. And... What's his business he runs? He um, is a charter fisherman. Mm-hmm. In that... Um, he, folks can rent his services in which he will take them out on a boat and teach Hot. them, right? Um, so and ironic. guide them through both uncharted waters and the art of catching massive fucking fish. Yeah, we're talking at least 20 pound striper bass. Yeah, and, on average. Yeah, and he's not on the ocean, but he's on a huge. Just shy of a Great Lake lake yeah. in down um, south. Down south. Um, it's not always the business has a lot of ups and downs, but he does a lot of those trade shows too. Yeah. To drum up business. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's had a lot of ups and downs, and part of that is resentment that our father holds to him because they were technically investors and they don't see a dime. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. Anyhow, I'm not gonna bring that up, like no, ever. That's... It's not worth Dad's blood pressure at this rate. And they're in a probably the best place in their relationship they've ever been in their at whole least we've lives. Seen. Yeah, that we've seen. Um, 
I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna just let that one go. I might ask mom later. Okay, yeah, there's really nothing to talk about. That's yeah. not gonna that we haven't already heard. Fair. Or need to drum up. Fair. Fair. But um, so, he's a great cook of fish. Yes. Seafood is his specialty. Yes. He always has it in his back of his truck on dry ice, mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. safe, fresh, not frozen, mm-hmm. um, and always really. He always prepares it so well. Very and that was one of my favorite memories too. Is at that same funeral where uh, after the funeral where he was, you know, singing the song uh, after his mother's passing, and <laughs> we just made that shrimp pesto mm-hmm. and he wasn't ready for my my seasoning game where i used his entire batch of pesto he thought he was going to put in like two tablespoons on no, his no, container no, no. no girl we're do you know did you see how many people we have to feed right no 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 it is one of my favorite memories though because he yeah. much like myself after cooking a large amount of food for a large group of people i'm usually warm and so i have to step out and cool off in the winter air for a minute and so we just shared a really nice moment afterwards awesome yeah excellent and in sticking with that same side of the family let's talk about a different one of dad's brothers who's also a very was a very skilled baker mm-hmm. and cook um yeah when we would visit their house their their pantry wasn't just a pantry it was his baking station. That's where and we're the... talking a closet, not even a walk-in closet. No. Just whip open these two double doors. And there was the stand mixer. And we're talking industrial grade. Yeah. It's a 20 quart tabletop mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, you move that thing in, and that's where it stayed. Yeah. Well, his his in-laws owned a bakery in mm-hmm. town as well, so he he had plenty of time to to dive into that. He made the best bread. Um, and he and his wife, our, our aunt, um, were, they would do cakes. I don't want to say professionally, but they were, they were professional level wedding cakes, Mm -hmm. birthday cakes. They wouldn't, they, I mean, they didn't have like business cards or anything, but they, I mean. Oh, they were breaking some laws, but yeah. Oh, for sure. But like, they were the family's go-to cake makers. Mm -hmm. And like, even when they visited us, because they didn't live in Michigan, um, if they happened to be there at the same time as an event, they would make the cake for it. Mm -hmm. It was just like understood. And they, our, our mother loves carrot cake. And to this day, she says that nobody makes it like him, that it's the best that she's ever had. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite memories of his skill set was, of course, they're on the baker's schedule, so they start their they wake up at two in the morning to yeah. get um, to the bakeries by three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, with the time change and all that, he was up at like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's in mom and dad's kitchen baking risin doughs, all these special bread twists, and um, you know, got some ciabattas. We got some braided rolls mm-hmm. and braided loaves, and just some amazing, amazing stuff. And he just had so much, so much of the stuff rising and baking. And so it was just a really special moment when you wake up and all you smell is freshly baked bread. Yeah. And of course, because freshly baked bread turns so quickly, we went ham. Mm-hmm. And, and tore that shit up. It was so good. But and in the middle of it, like he spent that hour and a half where all the dough was rising. 
out tilling mom's uh, garden, which is in a euphemism. Yeah, or just like fucking skimming the pool, or like he was pot, he was potting. Yeah, he was doing odd chores, tearing up the tearing the garden. Oh, you got right. beetles, so I got them all out. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, wild. He was. And hidden life. Um, they both work for the prison systems. In the kitchens of the prison systems. Yeah. Yes. So they made massive batches of everything. I mean, they owned two fridges and two freezer chests because they didn't know how to not cook to that magnitude. So when we would go out and visit them, I was just always... I mean, she could, you could... She can't make anything... I don't know how she cooks for herself now, honestly. Like, I don't... It's just her. Or she... Yeah, like, she she probably still has two refrigerators just to store everything. Or she maybe she cooks once a week and then eats off of it for the rest of the week. But, it, I mean, when we were there, it was... She cooked every day, and there were always leftovers, and it was just like, oh, I just whipped up a batch of potato salad, it's in the... And we're talking, like, five gallons. Five gallon, but, right, like, she, yeah, everything was for Massive. at least 20 people, even if there were only four people in the house at a time. Well, whenever we needed to eat, there, there was food. Yeah. She loves popcorn. Oh, God. She would just make... We ate so much popcorn whenever... <laughs> Whenever we visited them. Oh, Lord in heaven. So good. Uh, back uh, now, switching over to mom's side. Um, mom's sister. She uh, operates in her own universe, really. She's a character and a half. Yeah. Uh, delightful at times and mean-spirited at times. But... um. Cooking's never been her strong suit, but she is a, a decent baker. True. As well, uh, continuing with the baking theme. Top-notch desserts. Except her cookies. Fuck, this fa- right. This family has struggles with the cookies. I don't know why. They're not... Not like you, I, you, I, or our mom struggle oh, with cookies. Okay. Well, but our, in our, general, our yeah. closest aunts did. Yeah, that's true. My dad's sister and mom's sister both couldn't. But they botch cookies every time. That's true. Um, whereas mom's sister, what I, I know exactly what she does is she just over mixes the dough. Once the dough's formed, she leaves it in the mixer for too long, and it gets it starts mm. getting tough. Yeah. And that's why they taste like sponges. Oh. Yeah. And she overworks the gluten. Fair enough. And that's why those banana applesauce cookies she makes that aren't good, but if it's you don't get them, it's not Christmas. Right. The icing, the frosting always saves those for me. Like you eat store bought. Right. You <laughs> eat those for the store bought frosting. You don't eat them for them. No. Yeah. The the sugar really helps wash down the almost bread like texture mm-hmm. underneath them. Yeah, she would fail miserably on Great British Bake Off okay. for sure. It's okay. a terrible sponge. It's a terrible sponge. Yeah, it is. And it's biscuit week. <laughs> two biscuits. Two biscuits. Two, uh, ooh, this is cakey. This is cakey. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, though, she's excellent at cakes, especially, which is a real skill set, cheesecake. Yes. This girl can produce the hell out of cheesecake. Uh-huh. It doesn't break. doesn't fold. It's perfectly set. Yeah. But she just overworks her cookies. I don't know if it's, it's her a, cakes are good that's too. That's what I'm saying. Her carrot cake is is dynamite. It's not 
our other uncles, but it is it's solid. I meant to say pies. Oh, I'm her apologize. pies are good too. Oh, I don't. No, remember. we'd already talked about her cakes, mm. and then I said, and her cakes are good too. No, her pies are good. I was just circling with good. you, man. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Um, her pies are good too. Well, no, she makes that pumpkin pie mm. mm-hmm. that was once described as better than sex, which that marriage didn't last. Wasn't true. And also is not true. That those were fake. That was fake news. Yeah. But um, apparently still great. It was. Oh, that was the cheesecake pumpkin pie. Oh, my lanta. Yeah. So we're on the same page. Yeah. That's good to know. Her husband, on the other hand, also really shouldn't be allowed to do anything. Very true. And I mean that for everything. For everything, especially in the kitchen. Would you like to tell a story or would you like me to tell a story? I was just going to ask you. um, We could tell our own versions of it because given our age difference and where we were developmentally at the time of... I think, how old were you? I was like maybe six or seven. I was going to say, I was older than ten. Yeah, so you, I think, were like a very early teen, tween situation. So this fool... He was put in charge. I'm sure this was some the result of some sort of spat that he and his wife had. Either that or I think she was sick. I think she was spiting him. Was just sick of his shit. Love that for her. So she was spiting him and said, fine. And I'm just guessing at this point. This is all made up. Conjecture. Uh, said, fine. You cook for the group mm-hmm. that's coming over. Because this woman despite her personality flaws, is quite the June Cleaver. Like, if you get this set up for you where you've got somebody who's stay-at-home, does all the cooking, all the cleaning to an OCD-level degree, mm-hmm. you worship that shit. Oh, hell yes. You which... you lead with nothing but gratitude, and that's the end of the story. Yeah, which we, based on... We know that didn't happen. Right. Where, you know, he's of the old school mind, thinking, well, that's her place. Right. The women folk. So, anywho, he was in charge of dinner, and he was going to make lasagna. Mm-hmm. And his version of lasagna was, oh, shit, I only bought enough to make barely one. And decided to take the top two layers, split lasagna in half between two pans instead of one, and serve that to human beings as sustenance. I've... Not many moments where our father... Had such visible rage. Oh, and it was garbage, too. Oh, it tasted so bad. It was, I mean, the, the tomato sauce was water. Yeah, he just watered everything down. Didn't taste like anything but mildly seasoned noodles. Yeah. Which, if I remember correctly, also weren't well cooked. No meat. Yeah. There wasn't any veggies, because it wasn't a veggie lasagna no. either. No, and this was supposed to be for Christmas dinner. Like, this was supposed to be, like... Oh, a, yeah, there's that. A big fucking... Di- like, this wasn't just us going over for dinner one night. This was... It was supposed to be Christmas dinner. It was a nightmare. Yeah. A delightful shitstorm. Yeah. Out of control. Um, His son-in-law... Ex. Oh, that's right. Ex-son-in-law. That's right. That's been, like, what, how long? Like 10 years or something? Uh, we'll say 10 years. Doesn't matter. Five. Sure. He, one time we're over there for, I think it was like New Year's. Something like that, yeah. It was like, or before New Year's. It was holiday time. Yeah. And he decided that ice cold milkshakes was going to be 
dessert. Yeah, it was in the middle of the fucking winter. And he, what's funny about this, too, is he was normally, like, a very good cook. Like, mm-hmm. he could put together a meal for people. Like, it t- generally tasted quite good. Like, no problems. He knew his, right, his way around a spice rack. Yeah. He could handle spices. Right. And it wasn't so much the milkshakes in the winter thing, because don't get me wrong, like, Mango's the type, type of person that will eat frozen he'll do milkshakes he'll do ice cream it doesn't fucking matter what time of the year it is i receive that mm-hmm. it's that he had put avocados in these milkshakes and was trying to pass them off as the best thing since sliced bread as if a he had discovered it b avocados were in season right and these bitches were rock hard didn't he break his blender doing this yes good for him Yes. He deserved that. Right. And yeah, and see as if anybody else would want to fucking eat that. And that's the thing about food, too, is right? Like, I'm more willing to eat something that's not great if I made it. But my standards for serving food to other people are extremely high. So, like, I don't understand why he was like, oh, they're all coming over. Let me just serve up some avocado based milkshakes. And listen, I'm vegan. I'll put avocado in pretty much fucking anything, right? It's a great source of nutrients. It's one of, like, a vegetable that actually has, like, some decent proteins in it. But to pass it off as, like, a a milkshake in the middle of the fucking winter... But it it wasn't like he had just put some avocado in it for nutrition purposes, and there were other flavors to mask the avocado. It was, this is the drink. The drink is avocado with milk, and ice. Cream. Right. Enjoy. And we were like, no. It was horrifying. <sighs> and that was the last time we ever spoke to him. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, but now moving on to some of the, the, uh, the expert women in the family who have passed. And whose dishes, I think... Mean more, frankly, now that they're dead. Starting as with things, me. Yeah, as things I'm dead tend, inside. Okay. <laughs> as things tend to go, you know, like, when people die, the, the, the memories you have of them, they mean more. Um, so we have our great-grandmother, mm. who is the reason that we uh, are... Alive. Hung- alive, yes, and also claim Hungarian heritage. Um, and she passed down a number of both dishes and desserts that we still enjoy. Mom brought those over, and they have become one of my, last night, like, the, yeah, they have become one of my favorite things. Yeah, so the main desserts that she passed on, um, were dishes, were pastries called kifli, and the other is kalach, uh, which is more of, like, a roll situation. Yeah. And then the the Hungarian dish, I think, that we most often, it's really the only dish that we eat. Though we could do the the cucumber salad if we really wanted to, but I've never been a huge fan of the cucumber salad, would be chicken paprikash. Yes, or as Deb pronounces it, paprikash. There's not an L. He just likes to zhuzh it a little bit. He does zhuzh things. He does, um, which is a... Chicken and dumpling dish with a sour cream and onion gravy. It is. It's fucking it's delicious. Oh, it's a boil. Technically. Okay, yeah. I received that. 
But you, um, you said all the right things. Yeah. Serve a so. spatzel. The Hungarian version of spatzel, which is spatzel. They have a name for it, but it's spatzel. Yeah. So it's chicken, dumplings, onions, sometimes some carrots, and a sour green cream pepper gravy, sometimes. green pepper sometimes. Mm-hmm. Veggies optional. Uh, <laughs> except for the onions, but mm-hmm. it's more of a tuber. Um, yeah, so that's something that we make like at least once a year that like her recipe passed on, but Depending on which of her grandchildren or grandchildren-in-law are making it, there are minor variations. Or great-grandchildren at this point, yes, too. Yes, at this point. Um, and everybody has their, their way of doing it. I prefer, like, the dumplings to be fucking massive. Mm-hmm. And there are people that like They need to be, like, a, a, a very strong choking hazard. Yes, like, mine need to be... The whole spoon comparable to the size of the chunks of chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I always liked it. So, like, growing up, like, you could either, like, there were times when we left the chicken on the bone. Mm-hmm. And there were times when we would take the chicken off and dice it. I always preferred the diced chicken option mm-hmm. just because it was easier, frankly, to just, like, shovel and mm-hmm. just, like, keep going and going. Um, but, yeah, no, they needed to be comparable. No pesky bones impeding your... Abilities to consume, and so they needed to be comparable in size for me. That's my preference. Past few years, too, Dad and I have really played with the dumpling recipe. Yeah. Um, we found a lighter, airier version, and mm-hmm. he has the the spatzel thing, a sieve. Really, it looks it looks like a sieve or like a cheese grater mm. that you suspend over the pot, like one side of a cheese grater with the largest slots on it. Mm. And it does, but it does make a smaller dumpling. Fair enough. Uh, it is so much easier to make than the spoon you hand dip and make and drop every single one in there. Yeah. Um, and they're, but they're light, much lighter, airier, not as dense as the ones we used to make. Um, but I know what you're talking about. Like, mm. you, it, it, the ones that you're referring to are the texture of like you drop a, a dough ball. Yeah. And like if you take bread and you smash it. Yeah. Um, and then you eat it. That's the texture we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, like, that one dish specifically, ch- chicken paprikash, is collective comfort for the family. Mm-hmm. At least that side. Mm-hmm. I think we served it to mom's side before, but they didn't care or get it or want to care or get it. And they were like, this is fine. This chicken and dumplings, what's so special about this? Yeah, well, you can fuck the right off. Right. And... Eat Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly. Yeah. But, you know, for us, it's sentimental. It has emotional attachment to yeah. it. And it means comfort, and it means family. Yeah, and it means well, grandma. Yeah, absolutely. And she was a binding agent for the family. Mm-hmm. Our mother has varying degrees of skill and impact when it comes to food. There's days when she, she knocks it out of the park, home run. And then there's days like, you didn't even try. I think that's a little mean, to be honest with you. I'm not telling you how to be. I'm just... You don't live in the state anymore. You don't have her meals anymore. I don't. I don't. Uh, and that's completely fair uh, that I don't get the same variability that you do. Yeah. I think I think what it is that I relate to is, like, I think you and her have very different relationships with cooking. Mm-hmm. And as much as she will, you know, sing the praises of your cooking to the roofs and also 
still insists that I can't cook, even though it's not true. I think I relate more to her relationship with cooking mm -hmm. than she does to yours or I do to yours. Because there are moments where I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There are times when, like, I find the process comforting or soothing to, like, make certain dishes that I make now. Um, and frankly, like, most days it's a fucking chore. Mm. And so I think mom feels the pressure and expectation. Here's the other thing about mom. Mom doesn't perform well under social pressure. No. Like, work pressure, she thrives. Mm -hmm. Meeting a deadline, that kind of thing, no problem. But if it's, are the people I care about going to like what I produce? Not so great. Mm -hmm. And so I think for her, like, her home runs are actually the stuff that, like, she enjoys making. She, like, enjoys the process of making it. Or, like, she gets... And she's... Honestly, I think of all of us, like, actually, like, pretty adventurous about food. And I know that sounds wild because she does tend to have a pretty bland palate in the sense that, like, she can't handle a lot of spice. Salt is her primary flavoring. Black pepper, she considers, like, it has a heat factor. Ooh, yeah, right. So, but And at the same time, like, between, say, like, you and I, mom's more likely to be like, I found this recipe and I'm going to try it out. Damn what happens. Mm -hmm. And she does her best. Mm -hmm. And so I think that she's adventurous in that sense, that she's more willing to try a new recipe than I am. But I relate to her in the sense that, like, if you see it as a fucking chore, and if it, turns it. if it turns out mediocre, everybody ate, and nobody died. All I'm going to say is frozen tater tot casserole. Okay, like, it wasn't <laughs> that bad. Like, her hamburger, yes, the hamburger casserole. Do I want it every day? No. No. If she makes it, will I eat it? Well, not now, because it has meat in it, but, like. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes she does goofy shit. I absolutely hear where you're coming from. The frustration that I have is she does A, B, C. It didn't perform. It didn't wow. Mm -hmm. In fact, part B, just flat out, some people didn't like. Mm -hmm. Let's try this again. I see. Why? I see. Yeah, or I know so-and-so doesn't like something, but I do. But I'm going to make that so-and-so something mm -hmm. with this thing that I like in it intentionally or mm -hmm. knowing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's more where, like, the frustration part comes in. And it's like, you that. know so-and-so doesn't want honey in their baked goods. So why would you make it with honey? Right. And then, you, then you're then you all offended when they don't want it or like it. Right. Fuck off with that. I hear you. Um, or, like, I know... I remember I made chicken one time for them, and like I put way too much peppercorns on there. Mm -hmm. I was offended by how much peppercorn was on there, and now every time I remember that, and I'm easy with the pepper. Mm -hmm. And it's just you know she just willingly chooses not to remember some things Fair. Uh, that bombed. Yeah. So. It also doesn't help that like. I realize I might intimidate her too. I was gonna say yeah. I think that's part of it, that she might be... Like, yeah. I'm having that moment, like, as you're talking. I'm like, oh, I might just straight up intimidate her. Yes. And then she feels that... It's the same thing of, like, that's why she lets Dad drive everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because 
literally every single fucking time she drives, he finds something to criticize mm. and puts an immense amount of pressure on her to perform. And so it's to the point where she just like won't drive. I had to have like a whole conversation with Mango about it because he started to do the same fucking mm-hmm. thing. It was like every time I drived, I wasn't doing something right. And I lost it on him mm-hmm. once because I was like, I'm not, that's not going to be our dynamic. Right. Because I've seen how it plays out and we're going to be 60 and 62 and you're going to be driving everywhere because I'm so fucking sick of hearing you criticize my driving. Uh-huh. She drives great. When it's just me and her in the car. Well, she does fine on the drives up north, too. She, like, she drove this past yeah. summer. Yeah. She took a leg of that. She was the one who pulled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine. She just can't handle how Dad gets up her fucking butt about it. That's fair. So, the other, yeah, the other thing I was going to say, what was I going to say about her? Oh, the other thing that doesn't help is that Dad genuinely enjoys everything she puts in front of him, or at least he says that. That's it. And then... <laughs> well, it's also... I think he approaches it in the same way as her. Not that they don't both have an understanding that food can be enjoyable. Because obviously they do, because we wouldn't be the way we are if mm-hmm. they did. But I think he has a higher tolerance for food that you and I would consider, like, mid-grade. Yeah, every night's not going to be... You know, a wowzer. Yeah, a knock out of the park, um, eating at... Your local fancy restaurant. Yeah. Um, Which I'll be fair, I think if folks didn't, and I'm, and I'm saying this, I think folks expect that that happens in your house every night. Because it fucking does. Well, it does. Obviously, you're a great cook. I'm not saying that you're not. But what I'm saying is I, I think there would be folks that would be surprised at, say, like, how much I've eaten nachos this week because it was just like the quick and easy thing granted they're fucking delicious and i can't wait to have more tonight but like i think there were folks that would be like oh he doesn't do a five course blah 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 you know what i'm saying yeah like, like i get shit when i walk through the uh, work office with a bag of fast food in my hand right oh i didn't think you ate that and i said well how do you think i look this way right listen honey you don't get a body like this you don't get this, this. You, don't get this you know the superior dad bod form <laughs> Without indulging every once in a while. Yeah. And it's not like our freezer that I'm looking at right now doesn't have its fair share of frozen potato products. Truly. But, you know, and here's the thing, that sometimes just the littlest thing makes it from mediocre to, oh, that was a win. Yeah. Just a smack of seasoning. Yeah. People are so afraid of seasoning. Yeah. The British literally conquered the planet. For spices. And... For spices, and then chose not to use them. Yeah. That's the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> truly. Truly. And there are... I don't some... even want this anymore. Right. Thought I wanted it. I guess not. Now everybody's dead. Makes um, me feel things. I don't like that. Mm-mm. No. Um, but outside of kind of the day-to-day minutia or dynamic mm-hmm. with uh, our individual relationships with mom's cooking... Um, she has, by all accounts and measures, had some fucking bangers. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. Her, like, Mongolian beef. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mongolian really shouldn't be a word attached to that anymore because uh, it's a super Americanized version. But anyhow, Her East Asian-inspired beef. Yeah, based on the name of the conquerors and the area they came from. Right. But so good. Yeah. So good, like... How is it like three, four people tear up three pounds of yeah. stewing beef? Yeah. 
with plain white rice and broccoli. Yeah. Tear it up. Yeah. So good. Yeah, she makes her own pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meatballs. Always been solid. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Can't go wrong with her. Yeah. With that. Um. Granted, okay, now I have my own variation of it, but right. it's yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. She makes this. It's incredibly Midwest and intensely indulgent, and I used to request it on my birthday every year. It was a hot dog and macaroni and cheese casserole. Not gonna lie, it's never my favorite thing. I know, and I, I appreciated your your lack of negativity. When Not gonna was... yuck your yum on your birthday. I appreciate that. Um, Too much. Fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, she would get like. She would make, it wasn't homemade mac and cheese, but it would be like the fancier end mac and cheeses, and she'd cut up some. Ooh, that'd be good. Yes. And she'd cut up some Kogel's hot dogs and mix those together and then put like t- tomato slices and bread- breadcrumbs mm-hmm. on top. Toast that bitch. And, yeah, and throw it in the oven. Oh, I fucking loved that. And that was one that she. I'm sure other people have made that. It, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not like original to her, but to me, it was like. Something that she came up with. Nothing can be as bad as um, the girl I saw in college's roommate. Okay. Who pulled all of the friends together for her Polish hot dog soup. Kibasa soup? No. Hot dog. Oh, fuck. Soup. And, and the best way I could describe it is Vision, the rest development scene where Buster's cooking yeah. hot ham water. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Lindsay's, Lindsay's cooking, cooking hot, hot ham, ham water. water for That's the best way I could describe it is hot ham water with maybe three sprigs of sauerkraut in it. That's fucking disgusting. And maybe two hot dogs floating in a large pot of boiling hot dog water. That's fucking gross. Dude. It was vile, and yeah. I told her so. Good. Everybody I mean, you were at a culinary school. Like Everybody what? told her so. Good. And she was mean, so we were scared of her a little bit. Fair and enough. we still told her so. Fair enough. I'll never eat that vile shit again. But yeah. she turned around. She was the family recipe. I was like, your family's garbage. Right. Like what? Your very wealthy family is garbage. Ugh. I've been to their house. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like these people have taste. How did this come out of your kitchen? Fair enough. But then she turns around and makes like one of the best cod loin recipes I still use to this day. Fair yeah. Yeah. So she not comparing a... mom's mac and cheese no. hot dog to that. Mm. I'm just saying nothing can be worse than that. Fair. Maybe our uncle's lasagna. Perhaps. Perhaps. No, but overall, I would say that mom is a good cook. Mm-hmm. An excellent cook. Oh, even. absolutely. And she has blessed both of us with a number of like skills and I think instincts too about. When it comes to food and mm-hmm. cooking and baking. and What I found, too, when I was teaching that cooking class is the reason a lot of folks don't like cooking is I wish they still had home ec skills where they could teach knife skills on how to properly process vegetables yeah, they're uncomfortable. and meats. And because they're doing it the long way. And they, you know, if you know how to do it quickly, it can be an enjoyable process mm-hmm. of making dinner is only going to take 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if i got to slog through it every night and it's an hour... Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a that's a chore. Yeah. There are, and of course there are nights where I find it a chore. Yeah. And that's when we get nuggets and tater tots. Hell yeah. yeah. I just want to put something in the oven, set it, pull it out, and be mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. But no, mom. And talk about a nice structure. I did not hate our our meal structure because it was so tight. 
at what I point? I know. Monday night is spaghetti night. Yeah. Tuesday night is hot dogs and mac and cheese. Wednesday will be a chicken dish. Yep. Thursday, Thursday is leftovers. Friday is we Eat go out. out. Saturday is pizza. Or t- some type of takeout. And then, which really kind of speaks to the the money. Yes, very much. And then money. Sunday was a beef dish. Yeah. And then usually sa- Sunday or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday lunch was some sort of leftover from the takeout or pizza. Yeah. 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 Because by then mom didn't want to. You know, she'd been cooking Sunday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She got three days off. Yeah. Girl made it work. Oh yeah. And did a good if you job. You make enough. And we were kids. We fucking love spaghetti and pasta. Uh, and mac and cheese. What I will say about that time, so that those were like the main things that we ate on those nights. But what I will say that I appreciate more in hindsight than I did at the time is like they did a good job of getting the pyramid on the plate. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like we grew up in the 80s and 90s where the, we used the food pyramid. Not the my plate. That's the yeah, standard, not yeah. the standard now. Um, so like there was also almost either, if not both, a fruit and or vegetable mm-hmm. of some kind. Cottage cheese on the table. With every meal, there was a dairy that you had access to. There, but there was and there was always a grain and always a meat. Yeah, the protein and starch was never going to be an issue. No, but they did and the incorporate and introduce a lot of vegetables and fruits to us mm-hmm. that like. I feel like I'm still figuring out how to do as an adult mm. in a way that isn't just like let me eat an orange a day yeah. or let me let me make sure we have like fruit juice in the house which is not the same as eating like an actual piece of fruit but like mango despite his name and fruit being his or mango being his favorite fruit does not enjoy them incorporated into meals and so I'm working of with the five him. fruit groups fruit is my least I consumed. love fruit I love it, and I would eat more of it. If somebody cut me off an apple every day, I would eat it, though. Hell yeah. yeah. But that's just how spoiled and lazy I am. I'm not going to eat a whole apple whole. I don't like that. Oh, I, I, I received that. When I was <laughs> my first year of grad school, I was um, there was a Kroger up the street where I did most of my grocery shopping, and it was a nicer Kroger. I know that that varies. We should around. probably get an apple press. We had one at one point. You should get an apple we press. We had one. Because what Being I used to do... Is I would have my meat and my starch mm-hmm. for dinner, and then I would I would buy caramel apples. For whatever reason, this fucking Kroger had them year round. I was thriving. Where was this? This was in Nashville. Oh, it's Nashville. In South. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But so then for dessert, I would use my apple press and I would cut up a caramel apple and I would eat it for dessert. But I would also be getting my fruit. Cute. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Anyway, so yeah, mom's mom's cooking growing up had very little to complain about. Not really. No. Yeah. No. Um, and I think the fact that like I went to culinary school, I worked in restaurants mm-hmm. for years, and my entire professional life has been involved with food, mm-hmm. can come off as intimidating when I come back and like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And uh, we all know how. <laughs> no, we don't all know, but it's uh, she hates when her children. It makes her sound way worse than she actually is, but I, she has said to me, please don't lecture me, you are my child before. You will not be doing that. 
Yeah. So I think that's changed over time in the sense that like we have learned how to better convey information to her so that it's not perceived that way. And she's become more open to that information. But yeah, I think like hearing that from you, Mm -hmm. because the other thing too, is that like she, because of her home situation growing up, because of her mom dying so young and having just like the world's shittiest stepmother, Mm -hmm. she has been cooking for herself since she was a child. Four years old. So like, I think for you to go to Colin, it's, well, I mean, it's kind of what we talk about when we talk about, like, the job market and careers and education is, like, you had formal education, she had informal education, but, like, 30 years of experience, more than 30 years of experience by the time Mm -hmm. you came home from culinary school, so for you to be like, you're doing that wrong, and she's like, okay, well, but I've been doing it for 30 years, so fuck off. All the way off. Right. Yeah. So. And it's not like I came home, like, all brazen, Mm -hmm. though, too, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, you know, hey, they're, they're. I have been taught a simpler way to do that. Yeah. And then it, a lot of pushback was, well, this is how I like to do it. Which is fair. You can't argue. Yeah. I'm not going to at that point. Yeah. Dad's mom. Mm-hmm. Our grandmother. We have a whole episode on her personality. Ooh. And her influence in our lives. However, she... We're going to only focus on her positive cooking. Yes, she had a formidable reputation when she was mentally well for her both some of her desserts and some of her meals Mm -hmm. because she cooked for a family of seven for decades. Uh, Yeah, she she did this thing that's still like a very treasured gift whenever. Our mom makes it, which is rainbow jello, which is such a process. Oh my gosh. It's hours to make. Yes, it does. It does. And it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's just different colored jello. I don't know what that little cream is between each one. Though. With some type of cream in between each layer. It's a light in, fluffy, it's not marshmallow, it's too thin. And it's not cream cheese based. No. I don't think. It's, I don't know, and I've asked, I don't remember. I don't either. She made it not too long ago too. Mom did? Yeah, with like like two years ago, within Me. two years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like you pour in one layer of jello. You also known as ribbon jello. Ribbon jello, yeah. yeah. Rainbow ribbon. Rainbow ribbon. Yeah, you wait for it to set, you do this like cream layer, you it's just it's pouring and waiting for things to set and the timing of it both takes forever and is an intensely intricate process. Yeah. Um sweet condensed milk. Mm. That's what's between there. Uh, they do something with a sweet and condensed milk. Fascinating. And it's usually served with a little bit of whipped cream on top. Mm-hmm. So she would make that for holidays and other special occasions. Um, she was also known for bringing a massive ball of mostly blue cheese paired with <laughs> some other things that I'm sure she mixed into it. Because it wasn't just like, here's a brick of blue cheese. It was like mixed with, with other cheeses and other spices. And she would get to quote our father, all the way up to her fifth knuckle. Um, she really, she, I, she's the epitome of like, I brought this dish to a party for myself. Oh, she little professor did. Okay, but like the little professor has dietary restrictions. Not with double eggs. Fair, but, <laughs> but yeah, she would bring that and essentially just like sit at our kitchen table and eat it all by herself and be like, does anybody want any? And it's like, and well, you've been at it for half an hour, so at this yeah, point, and no. You've literally been eating it with your fingers. Right. You no double dipped more than once. Yeah. And then, do you want to talk about her dinner rolls? Those dinner rolls that she, it was just a store-bought item, but she, I'm trying to look at the brand, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
but it was just came in sheets of 12, mm-hmm. a little piece of cardboards, like a little square rectangle part of cardboard thing that they, it came in. And all you had to do was heat them and serve them. They didn't, they were already baked, mm-hmm. but they had a really that great fresh bread, yeasty smell to them. Mm-hmm. She'd always just put them in her little toaster oven that was on the counter. And I always, I don't know, there was just something a little bit special about them. Mom finds them every once in a while. She'll get them, throw mm-hmm. them in the freezer. They had like, one dinner roll had four. Like a little muffin top mm-hmm. with like four little slash marks in them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Those were I the ones. Those. I just yeah. don't know if they dry. You know, when they're done baking them, they flip them over and rest them on the rack, and that's where those markings come from. Maybe. Um, they're simple. There's nothing really too special about these dinner rolls, other than you know it's just tied to memories and tied yeah. to good smells and good times. For sure. Good smells, good times. That's gonna be my new slogan. <laughs> gonna do a rap video about it. Fair enough. It's gonna be disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I can't find them, but they're. Yeah, and it's one of those times, like every time Mom gets them, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna remember the name of these, and then it's immediately gone. You never do. It's it's gone. Do you um, like them? And then last but not least, we have our aunt who has dad's sister. Past, dad's sister, who was a really excellent cook like gourmet yeah teetering on that yeah she yeah but she was another one who was really adventurous with recipes like our mom was and maybe that was something they did together mm-hmm. at some point but she um the running joke was that she would complain when things didn't turn out mm. the way she'd wanted them to and then you asked her about the recipe and then she'd tell you what the recipe was and then she would tell you all the ways that she didn't follow the recipe. I altered it in these 20 different methods <laughs> and ways. I don't know why it didn't turn out. Yeah. Just not happy with it. Yeah. But for all of the times that that happened, we have many fond memories of her homemade mac and cheese. Oh, my God. That was like a birthday request. Yeah. Yeah, or every couple Christmases. Sorry, back to the dinner rolls. You found, rolls. Them? I found them? They are... Hill Country Fair Brown and Serve Enriched White Rolls. Love that. For all of you listeners out there, that's <laughs> Hill Country Fair Brown and Serve Enriched White Rolls. Make every dinner a special dinner. We're not sponsored, but... Not yet. This, this night, Hill Country, I'll send me an email. Yep. Um, so yes, her homemade mac and cheese, which is heavenly. Also, that is just simply... Martha Stewart's mac and cheese recipe. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. It's expensive. It's though. very expensive. You you got to go to the fancy cheese section in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, she made excellent lasagna and ravioli. Italian sausage. It had to be ricotta cheese. Mm-hmm. Even though I find ricotta a little gritty for my personal one, I used um, cottage cheese instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did pre-cook her noodles, not than I would do. Yeah. But then... Um, Oh, it was, you know, and it was just, the meat was pure Italian sausage. Yeah. Um, I watched her make it one time. Whereas I have a faster version of making lasagna where I want as many steps, as a few steps as possible. She took every little mm-hmm. step, every little time. So good. Yeah. Amazing, and, though. Yeah, and we would make, she had a friend who um, was actually of Italian heritage mm-hmm. We would go with her to that friend's house to make homemade ravioli. Yeah. Those so are good. Homemade so pasta. Fun. Yeah. Make the filling. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all those presses mm-hmm. that they had. And that was a really good time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she'd get five or, uh, what, five or six of her girlfriends together, mm-hmm. and then whatever friends they wanted to bring, mm-hmm. the more hands the better kind of situation. Yeah, and everybody got to take some home. Go, go, go. Yeah, it was great. And then she, I believe, um, you know, in the, in the days before Instagram and the days before... <laughs> You know, millennials like to go to Trader Joe's and put these together was, I mean, we grew up with the char- charcuterie boards mm-hmm. of hard meats and cheeses. Like Every that was a staple. House, cutting board just full of sliced hard meats and cheeses. Yeah. Salamis, prosciuttos, mm-hmm. everything. The, Little crackers um, and grapes. Yeah. Always. Yep. For yep. breakfast, lunch, dinner, it's always there. Yeah. Because you always find her sneaking it, too. Oh, yeah. She was a sneaky snacker. She was she a grazer. Sneaker snack, yeah. Um, she took me for my first sushi. I didn't know that. Yeah, the first time I had sushi was with her. Nice. Um, it was salmon, scallops, tuna. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird. Yeah. It was such a weird texture. The first time with it always is. Yeah, and I'm going to get real graphic and really nasty. I'm ready. The only time I've had that same texture replicated is dick. Okay. And that's the only way I could describe it. Okay. Is that I'm like, it's so smooth. It's yeah. so smooth. Yeah. And so, like, first time I had penis, I was like, oh, it's like sushi. <laughs> Not both raw meat. What do you want? That's fair. And, and I'm done being gross for the moment. But... It was just, yeah, she took me for sushi. And we did, like, some tempura um, shrimp and a little, a little ginger salad. And we had um, miso soup. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really good, and it's just here in town at Sagano's. Mm-hmm. Sagano's for Japanese fare. Yeah. Sagano's. Stop it. <laughs> We're not sponsored yet. Um, yeah, and she was always the one that was, like, I think, pushing us. We have a whole episode about her, too, just because she was so influential in our lives. But she, My godmother. She's my godmother. That's true. Baptized. Yes. But she was always, like, she would come into town and be like, I heard about this restaurant. Like, let's go. And I'm like, okay. Like, we would have been much less likely to try anything different restaurants yeah. in town. So. Truth. Truth. She was also the aunt that can do all these amazing gourmet things. Mm-hmm. But fucked up every chocolate chip cookie. Yep. Every time. Burnt, overcooked. This was also the the crazy person who said, every time you open the oven, you lose 15 minutes off. It's just so not true. And, well, I can't imagine why your cookies are burnt. Right. I took, opened the window, peeked at it, add 15 more minutes. Oh, God. Listen, Barbara, it ain't. Right. Right. Not happening. And then she got little professor drunk on her fruit-infused vodkas mm-hmm. that she made. Homemade. Fruit, simple syrup. I've tried to recreate creating them. I, I, I don't think I boil the fruit too long. I get too much fruit pectin out of it and just thickens into jello. Fair. Which is not terrible, mm-hmm. but it's not a good drink. And it's really strong. And I usually end up cutting it with Sprite. Yeah. Or a lemon lime soda. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they were fucking delicious. And she got the X. The cousin's ex, mm-hmm. who um, made the avocado milkshakes. That was the only time I ever saw him plastered out of his mind. Well, yeah, because he was being rude and sneaking it. Yeah, that, we have to save that, that stuff for our holiday episode because mm-hmm. it's really a, a lose-lose situation with story. booze. Yeah. Um, and other people. 
Yep. But no, that aunt, my godmother, my confirmation sponsor, mm-hmm. really special lady, yeah. really special person to our family and was a travesty that we lost her. And food was 90% of every action in uh, every interaction with her. Yep. And was, uh, well, you know, she lived up north. Mm-hmm. That's again above the knuckle line, folks who are mm-hmm. listening. We'd get on the road at 4, between 4 o'clock and 4.20 in the afternoon, three-hour drive. We land at 7, and I'm sure Mom and Dad had worked it out with her at some point, but most of the time, we didn't stop. We just got up Mm -hmm. there, and we just had a late dinner with her, Mm -hmm. and she had it ready. We're on the lake, and you immediately felt in, welcome, and settled, and it was very special. Very much so. Yeah. She cooked a really mean steak too. She did, and I also remember that she was the she cooked the first salmon I ever had. She was excellent. Let's talk about that salmon. Okay. You want to talk something that's close to sex? Not okay. some cheesecake pumpkin pie. That fucking salmon, dude. Mm-hmm. Caught the day before from her mm-hmm. friends up there, off of Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. That shit was one day old on ice. Yeah. And they flayed that shit in the garage, which I'm really looking back now is wildly unsanitary. Intensely. And she wrapped it in foil, mm-hmm. but she put all these butters and seasonings on it. She left Capers. the skin on. Oh, God, yes. Um, white wine. Mm-hmm. And then she just grilled it. Yep. She just threw it on the grill with the steaks. She threw that whole yep. thing. And we are not a big fish family, unless it's fit fried. Yeah, unless it's fucking deep frying in a beer banner. Served with chips on Friday. Right. <laughs> it was the first non-fried breaded fish that I had, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I think I went back for three or four servings. Mm-hmm. They deboned the whole thing, too. There wasn't yeah. a single bone in yeah. that piece of salmon. It was amazing. Yeah. And that was, like, what, 15 years ago? It was insane. Was, yeah, and she was someone, too, who, like, in everything she cooked, whether or not you liked it or whether or not it was good or bad you could feel how much she cared about it Mm. in the food you Mm -hmm. just could like she made everything that she made with love absolutely and that scenario you described of us traveling up there it was it was her way of saying you know i love you and i'm so glad you're here it we never felt out of place no never and I remember one time, too, like, I heard a smug remark from mom's side of the family from, you know, Dum Dum, not from Dum Dum Avocado, from Uncle Lasagna. Lasagna. Can we please call him that? Yes. Uncle Lasagna. Yes. To our dad, your sister just makes food that's just too fancy. And I just remember, I thought dad was going to lay hands on him. Yeah. And it was long before she passed, but mm-hmm. it was still, I thought he was going to lay hands on her, him and you dare. I would say you of so little class dare to... So little, t- you know, such poor taste. Yeah, dare to speak poorly of of her. Yeah. Who, You're so, dead to me. Truly, and I think... There were times he said that about that man. Though. I know. <laughs> I know. And I think what is, un- is unique about our family situations and dynamics is that, and we'll get more into this in the holidays, but... The people on both sides of our family knew each other and spent time with each other. Absolutely. Like, there's that cross. Yeah, like, divide. mom's sister and dad's sister were very friendly with each other. Even and spent, their kids. And their kids, and even spent time together independent of our parents. Mm-hmm. And so, what's even more offensive about him saying that is there are a number of examples 
that I'm sure our parents could give of things that mom's side of the family still does, were introduced to and really enjoyed by dad's sister. Yeah. Um, so for Uncle Lasagna to say, like, oh, she's too fancy for us. She, you know, all she does is fancy shit. And it's like, okay, but you fucking benefited from it. So, like, what are you even saying? Yeah. She provided you a, a vacation home. Essentially. For a weekend. And Cooked you, the entire time. Took you all antiquing. Yeah. Like, and is still, like, an influence in yours and your children's lives. And you have the audacity to, like try and make that seem like a bad thing mm-hmm. to her, her brother like as usual you thought the loyalty was going to be here right right like as usual misjudged i only misjudged the room yes yeah, in in uh glaring inability to read the room like oh i love that man oh i love to hate that man yeah yeah. So much has changed over the years, too. It has. But that's other for other times. Yeah. Uh, we really, really feel deeply connected to food, mm-hmm. and it's tied to so much emotion with people that yeah. we're, we're connected to those things. I think we've covered almost everything we want to with this. I think so. Shall Is there we... any final thoughts you have? Yeah, like in looking back on, on how things started, it's just really true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really true that, like, while we grew up, while our, like, heritage is Irish and Eastern European for the most part, like, it's so funny. I'll, my final thought for for this episode is that, uh, you know, this being the year of our Lord 2020, um, uh, the United States you. government conducted their, um, their census. Mm-hmm. Mango filled it out for us. And in the portion of the census in which you can disclose your heritage, he wrote for himself Pakistani. He wrote for me Hungarian. And then I received a text message that said, I know it starts with an I. You're Italian, right? And I said, no, Mango, I'm Irish. And he goes, well, then why do we eat so much goddamn pasta? And I said, because I just fucking love it, okay? Pasta's the life force. Potatoes and pasta are the life force for this fucking family. I think uh, my final thoughts on this is uh, food is everything. Mm-hmm. It is life. It is it is death. Yeah. It is um, everything in between. Food makes us feel. It makes us celebrate. Helps us to grieve. It's a comfort in the bad times. It's celebration in the good. Uh, it really is absolutely everything in this world. And that's why I've made a career. It's my passion. It's my mm-hmm. education. It's everything what I want to do in this world. And hosting is, I mean, host, it's been so nice having you guys here too this week because you've been gone this year for this past year. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice to have mom and dad over. And there's nothing I really, that brings me more joy than hosting a meal for my family. And then it's seeing like, you know, the reactions and folks enjoying it. That's just it's a really special feeling for me. And as we always say, everyone comes from a wild family. It's always a good idea to have someone to talk about them with. Don't be judgy. Be a little judgy. Don't be mean. Only if they're mean. We don't get to choose our family. But we do get to choose who our favorites are. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Potatoes and Pasta. Be good. Be kind be forgiving until next time family bye as usual you thought the loyalty was going to be here right right like as usual misjudged 
mildly misjudged the room. Yes, in in uh, glaring inability to read the room, like. Oh, I love that man. Oh, I love to hate that man. 